0: Did LeBron really do
1: that? Yes. It's just, you, could you see his dong? Nah, the angle was from the side. Mm. Uh, listen, <laughs> still see his dong. What's up, nerds? It's basketball. Welcome to Horse, a basketball podcast about everything except for the wins and losses. My name is Mike Schubert, and I am joined, as always, by my trusted co-host, the beef coming up every couple years or so to Shaq and Kobe, Eric Silver. Eric, how's it going?
0: Good. I like reoccurring conflict, and it never gets dealt with, and it's just two men who professionally don't like each other. Mm -hmm. That's me as a person. And they're asked about it all the
1: time. Oh, so fun. (laughs) I got that on the (laughs) Myers-Briggs. So before we talk about this particular instance and its context, we got to get a little bit ready and uh, head on over to the Teal Memorial locker room. Nah, she's not dead. No, Teal's
0: still alive. And you know who's also alive? (laughs) Our new patrons. I assume. Unless Josh Meyer and Cinnamons are zombies, they are our new patrons,
1: basically. If Cinnamons is a cinnamon bun, they're going to be in my tummy, so yes.
0: Cynonoms?
1: Oh, synonyms.
0: Synonyms. you'll have plenty of time to tell me how to pronounce your name, because you are one of our new producer-level patrons, mm-hmm. and you're joining Brianne Wingate, Berger, Skylar Jorgensen, Gladiator Vader, Adam Hartwick, Ross Papa, Akano, Cody Powell, Salvatore Testa, Trust the Process, Hufflepuff Hillary, Samantha Rose, Polly Burridge, and now Synonyms. You love taking Instagram photos of yourself in the gym to show off how you've been working out, but like it's classy there's only like a little bit of nipple mm-hmm. and like you're not glistening so it's like a classy photo
1: you're wearing actual shorts and a shirt not like lebron who recently posted a video of him squatting in just compression shorts <laughs> lebron we get it <laughs> you're a man you're a very large man and have man parts we gotta thank you speaking of things that help you in life <laughs> do, do we have sponsors we do <laughs> nice <laughs>
0: You know what will definitely help you in life is Dashlane. So Dashlane is a password management app that keeps all of your online information safe, secure, and easy to use. If you did take a unclassy or maybe a racy Instagram photo, mm-hmm. you can have it locked down. But for passwords. Imagine your Instagram photo was a password. Right. Dashlane can take care of that for you. I need it. Because you have a super racy password that has like 69 in
1: it. Yep, and I have to draw... Boob. That's my password. <laughs> right.
0: Hey, what's your Wi-Fi password? Like, <laughs> well, I have to d- first draw a penis, and then, <laughs>
1: and then it's my birthday. It's like when you had those Android phones where it had all the dots, and your password was drawing a shape, which was always ridiculous. Mine is a boob. <laughs> it's just, just a boob.
0: You might think it's a target. It's a it's boob. A boob. Uh, Dashlane remembers all of your passwords so you don't have to. Can't remember the special characters, capitalization, or boob for every single website you visited in your entire life? Dashlane does that for you. If you're worried about being hacked, Dashlane encrypts your data so no one can get access to it, not even Dashlane
1: themselves. Yeah, you don't want people logging into your Instagram account and then downloading your racy video that you accidentally posted. So get it locked down with Dashlane.
0: And as a special offer for horse listeners, you can get a 30-day free trial of Dashlane Premium, including VPN, dark web monitoring, and all other things that I don't understand. So if you like all this, use the code HORSE at checkout to save 10% on your premium subscription. Dashlane is hooking you up even if you have boobs in your password.
1: Well, now that we've got that all taken care of and our boobs are all in a line, well, we... Well, sorry, <laughs> my, oh,
0: wait, Mike, I'm looking at our notes from last time. Mike made fun of Marvin Bagley III, Uh-oh. who
1: is... 20 years old. Look, I stand by my making fun of him because whatever, doing the you can't fire me, I quit. I stand by it, but I will still tell him embarrassment. He's a story. young man, and we all did dumb things when we were in college. So Mike needs to talk about
0: a dumb thing that he did in college.
1: Uh, let me think. Oh, in college, once in the beginning of the year to celebrate the year starting, there was a thing where Rice funded a trip to us going to Sky Zone, which is like one of those trampoline parks. Oh, sick. And I had a trampoline in my backyard when I grew up in New Jersey. So I am good at trampoline flips and stuff so i wanted to show (laughs) off so i jumped off one of the trampolines on the ground and then they have ones that are at 45 degree angles against wall i jumped onto that did a flip and i landed it but my right ankle landed it funky and i popped it real bad to where i broke a bone in my leg i did still land it but (laughs) i then had to wear a cast for six weeks
0: wasn't that like the first thing you did
1: It was pretty early on into the experience. (laughs) It was roughly 15 minutes into my Sky Zone adventure. I did a dunk on the basketball thing. I did some of the things where you jump into a foam pit and then I broke my leg, which real fun when people ask you, how'd you break your leg? Which also like, if you ever see one with a broken limb, don't fucking ask them what happened because guess who asked them what happened? Literally every other person on the fucking planet. And then you have to relive the terrible thing. Like there's still trauma there. Just don't ever ask someone, how they got an injury because they've already gotten nine trillion questions about it i was going to ask you what was the embarrassing part and now that's (laughs) the embarrassing part it was just constant no one in college knows how to start a conversation so they think oh i know what i'll do i'll talk about this guy's injury like you (laughs) and then each time you were like i did a sick flip at a trampoline park (laughs) yep hey you know it wasn't the worst my triceps got huge from crutching around campus so (laughs) pros and cons
0: Listen, it's not a college story unless Mike comes out on top eventually.
1: <laughs> my right calf looked very tiny for a good year. They were, My calves were different sizes, so it wasn't all perfect.
0: <laughs> all right, now we can
1: go. With on. that out of the way, let's get into our first segment, which is called Full Core Press. Get it? Like the news?
0: The real news is Mike had one very large calf. Not to stay on this for too long, but you wear your uh, Patrick Ewing socks a bunch when mm-hmm. you record. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to imagine now there's one like jacked Patrick Ewing and then one like skinny <laughs> Patrick Ewing.
1: I should look to see if one is more stretched out than the other (laughs) from wearing it back then. So I want to talk about two things in full court press. One is happy and one is a bit frustrating. Which would you like to hear? Uh, let's start with a happy one. The happy one. I got to see Diana Taurasi play basketball in the flesh. Yeah. I went up to White Plains to see the New York Liberty play the Phoenix Mercury and see Diana Taurasi, the GOAT, play basketball. It was her second game back from injury slash suspension. So she was a little rusty.
0: <laughs> injury slash suspension is the only reason
1: you can take out Diana Taurasi. <laughs> <laughs> so she's a little rusty. Only scored two points, but she did have 10 assists which was sweet. The assists that she was dishing out, mainly to Brittany Griner, were incredibly impressive. Her shot wasn't falling, so in the second half, she basically went into full facilitator mode, and she was playing pretty well, but then she got angry at the New York Liberty, and that was very fun for me to watch. It was a bit of a chirpy game in terms of there was a lot of little ticky-tack fouls called, which was a bit frustrating, just little things like people trying to post up and them calling foul for it or people trying to fight around picks and them calling fouls on it. There were, people getting hit for it and then some people flopping because they knew the refs were starting to call it. Ew. So then in one particular instance, Diana Taurasi was bringing the ball up. Someone in the Liberty putting moves on her defensively right away, to which Diana Taurasi did not enjoy. So she kind of threw a little bit of an elbow. And this is on her Instagram if you want to check it out. The defender then did embellish the contact. I think it was still enough to warrant a foul call against Diana, but there was a bit of a flop. But Diana Taurasi was very upset that there was a flop against her. <laughs> I can imagine. Be like, no, you'll know when I hurt you. That was really probably what it came. To down to I did not I didn't have my blades on my elbows like <laughs> I usually do so the foul is called and Diana Tarossi immediately yells at the person that flops like come on get up that was a flop what are you doing <laughs> I was sitting close enough where I could see that she was trash talking and I could see some trash talk but I couldn't understand every word that was said but there was one point like a couple plays later where there was a dead ball so that she got to talk to a ref and Diana Taurasi during a free throw was yelling at the ref and this one I could clearly see because it was happening right in front of me she was like Come on, that was a flop. That was a flop. What are you talking about? You're going to call that because it's a flop? And then the ref was like, You hit her, Diana. And she walks away. And then she turns back around and then she's like, No, it was a flop. Like, <laughs> yeah. She didn't drop it. It was so good. It was very
0: fun. And then Diana Tarasi asked the ref to take it outside. <laughs> and the ref said, No. And then
1: Mike was like, I would like to take it outside. That was a very good experience. The Mercury one, it was great. I had a very fun time. The other thing that happened recently is that Shaq and Kobe have reignited their beef. Of and course. This happens. Every few years. Like
0: the equinox or the cicadas (laughs) coming to the basketball world. Shaq and Kobe have to be mad at each other.
1: Yes. So for anyone that doesn't know the context, Shaq and Kobe started playing together in the mid-90s. Their most historic run was the late 90s, early 2000s when they won the three-peat. And they had a historic falling out because Kobe had a different work ethic style than Shaq. Kobe had a different play style than Shaq, mainly that he didn't enjoy passing the ball. So they had off court issues, they had on court issues. The Lakers had to choose between one of them, and Shaq got the boot and went to Miami. Shaq told Kobe to taste his ass. Kobe probably committed sexual assault. It was a whole thing. What are you going to do? So this was an interesting reigniting of it because a week ago at the time of recording, Kobe was on a keynote speak interview with a guy named Patrick Bet David of <laughs> Valuetainment. Jeez, Kobe. I am not joking that this dude's company is called Valuetainment. It's some entrepreneur bullshit where they just do interviews with high-profile people that have become famous in something and then want to be entrepreneurs and then feel good about themselves by talking about what they did and what they are doing in the future in front of people. Uh, so, well, you, uh, you described everything I hate. It's, it's awful. It's a bad company, a bad person, and then another bad person, Kobe Bryant, all in the same situation. And it's gross and terrible. I'll put the link to it on the episode page on horsehoops.com, but it is the worst intro ever. When the guy brings Kobe on to the stage for this interview, he lists Kobe's accomplishments and he doesn't talk about things like MVP, finals MVP, all NBA teams. He just brags about how many... X point games he's had. So he talks about 40 point games, 50 point games and 60 point games. And he's constantly comparing them to LeBron who is still in the league (laughs) and hasn't played as many years as Kobe and also is way more well-rounded in terms of assists and rebounds. Yeah.
0: Oh, I hate that. I thought you were going to be like, yeah, he only focused on Kobe's Oscar, which was weird, but I hate
1: this. I hate that so much. It's also very bad because he says something that isn't true. He says, Kobe Bryant's the only person to play on a team for 20 years Uh, maybe that's true because Dirk played on the Mavs for 21, but that's a very strange flex if you're trying. to 20, (laughs) only 20. (laughs) (laughs) No less than 19, but no more than 21. This series is called the Kobe Bryant Untold Stories, where he just talks about stuff for an hour. But one of the things that he talks about is about his feud with Shaq. And here is a clip.
2: Who would Shaq be if he had your work ethic? He'd be the greatest of all time. If Shaq had your work. He'd, he'd be, the be the greatest of all greatest time. Greatest of all time by for sure. He, he'd be the first to tell you that. For sure. I mean, this guy was a a force. Like, I have never seen. He did not care. He was mean. He was nasty. He was competitive. He was vindictive. I mean, he was, yeah. I wish he was in the gym. I would have had... 12 rings.
0: I mean, nothing there is necessarily new information to me. Like, Kobe has a terrible earth-destroying work ethic, and Kobe's also selfish. Because that's true. If someone who was seven feet tall and fun-loving but also worked out in the gym six hours a day and didn't pass the ball, yeah, dude, you would have amazing stats that no one's ever seen. But, like, you're a different person. That that doesn't even feel like a beef that's just like, yes, you're
1: right. Another thing that's brought up is that Shaq was a big man. Kobe was a guard it is different in terms of what work is necessary. If you're a big man, Shaq is getting constantly beat up and posted and hit hard. Maybe the best thing for him in the offseason is to rest and let his body heal. He should just rest and shoot free throws. Right, yeah. that's, he, it, that's he, not the, You don't have to go in the gym for six hours. So uh. it's, it's just strange. And what's fun about how this beef reignited is that this interview took place a week ago, but it was yesterday that one of the Bleacher Reports, Hoops Hype, one of those types of websites got the clip of it and then basically tweeted lol Kobe's a savage crying emoji crying emoji crying emoji (laughs) and then that started the whole Twitter firestorm which was eventually leaked over to Instagram and it got to the point where Shaq responded to this and he said quote you would have had 12 if you passed the ball more especially in the finals against the Pistons hashtag facts you don't get statues by not working hard this is in reference to Shaq having a statue outside the stable center and Kobe not having one yet he'll eventually get one for sure wow but but then kobe goes on twitter later in the day and he says there is no beef with Shaq. i know most media want to see it but it ain't gonna happen ain't nothing but love there and we too old to beef anyway hashtag three pete but if you're the guy being mean and saying shitty things you can be like yeah this guy fucking sucks guys there's no beef there's none if Shaq was me he would be better i didn't say I'm not what are you even talking about also, what was interesting is on this same day, Shaq is doing an interview on Yahoo Finance. And clearly, this is hilarious. <laughs> clearly, this interview was booked in advance, not in preparation of this, but the guy hosting the show on Yahoo Finance is a human, and wants to make his show get clicks and stuff. So he asks Shaq, what do you think about Kobe's comments of you? And Shaq does this great thing where he pretends not to know people anytime he's upset by someone. Recently when the Lakers signed Dwight Howard, Shaq was like, who's that? I don't know who that is. (laughs) You know who Dwight Howard is. And then when the guy's saying, what do you think about Kobe's comments? Shaq goes, whose comments? (laughs) I don't know who that is. I don't know what you're talking about. That's a very
0: Mariah Carey move. Like, I don't know her.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But Shaq handles this incredibly well, where he basically just says, my work ethic speaks for itself. People have to stay relevant somehow, which is very good to have a little dig at Kobe. But Shaq basically gets to the point where he says, I'm on the show to talk about finance and businesses. Can I please talk about it? Because the interviewer does this thing where he tries to take it and shift it into finance, even though it's not about finance, and then asks Shaq, do you pay attention to Kobe's off-court finance things to try to make it relevant for the show? And Shaq Shaq just says, never, I never pay attention to what he does.
0: I just don't understand why people give Kobe such a platform. Kobe's entire thing when he was a player was, hey, I'm going to rip your throat out and be a bad person. That's very Michael Jordan as well. But Michael Jordan, that was like part of his thing. Like, I'm the best. I can see people looking up to Michael Jordan because he
1: is amazing. But Kobe is just like fanatical. It's easier to get away with being shitty if you are the best at the thing. Right. And Kobe's not the best at the thing. So you don't get to give him a complete pass. Not saying that you should give people who are good at stuff passes for being bad people. But I think it's easier for people to digest Michael Jordan being a ridiculous workaholic and stuff because he's the greatest of all time and nice. then you can point to it. I think this is what makes LeBron James incredibly impressive is that he is the best player of the generation, potentially of all time, depending on how you view it. His career is not over. We'll see how it shakes out. But on top of that, he is a active social media person in terms of funny stuff like Taco Tuesday, but then also standing up for injustices Mm -hmm. and things that are bad. He's an activist in terms of things throughout the league, whether it's player empowerment, the Trayvon Martin thing that he stood up and did the hoodie photo with the heat at a time where that wasn't a thing. Huge deal. He was the one who kicked it off for the NBA. Mm -hmm. And then also starting a school in a notoriously underprivileged neighborhood. In his as well. Mm -hmm. So the whole thing, like the Cavaliers thing comes all the way around. And he's
0: a good person. He's a good dad. We have proof. He's a (laughs)
1: good dad (laughs) so i think it speaks volumes to the quality of lebron in that he is the best he could have gotten away with being a dick but he's incredibly nice and active and socially conscious and i think that's really respectable and I think that we should put more effort into loving LeBron than trying to defend Kobe Bryant who oh yeah probably raped someone so like let's let's stop giving this guy attention Yeah. let's not give him pity Oscars Like, oh my uh. god I don't want to talk about his fucking Oscar (laughs) so anyway the Shaq Kobe beef is back on the market go to your local butcher but if anything I think it makes me further support Shaq in this debate and this will be fun because later in the episode we'll be talking to noted Laker fan Amir Blumenfeld and we will talk a little bit about Why he likes the liquors and stuff. So it'll offset us bashing on Kobe for the past 10 minutes. 1, 2, 3. 3, 2, 1. 3 on 3 well this is a very laker full
0: episode Mm -hmm. because uh, my three on three is also uh, related exactly I did not even know you were going to do this this is related exactly to a lot of the stuff that you just said because my three on three I'm going to do this in in two different segments the first part of my three on three Shaquille O'Neal's best three other jobs oh (laughs) good
1: how relevant
0: so I would like to disqualify basketball I would also like to disqualify rapping because we've talked about this and I would like to disqualify acting because we've talked about this makes sense so number three I'm going With investor. Mm. Did you know that Shaquille O'Neal invested very early in Google?
1: No, I didn't. Wow. All
0: right. So Shaq went on, Ellen. Somehow they talked about the serendipitous story of when Shaq invested in Google pre IPO. So uh, Shaq was hanging out in LA in the 90s, as you do. And he was at the Four Seasons Hotel. And he was playing with a guest child just because he's a nice person. So Shaq says, I'm not going to do the Shaq voice. Imagine I pitched this
2: up 20 years. You just got to get real close and talk low. <laughs> okay, okay, now I'm going to do it. I'm actually babysitting this guy's kids when he's in a meeting. So after the meeting, he says, you know what? You're good with kids. I like you. I'm going to bring you on in this investment. And it was called Google. He said, you know, in the future, you're going to be able to type on your phone, search engine this, do this, boom, boom, boom. You should invest. I invested. Then a couple of years later, I got a really big return
0: so pre-ipo google
1: that's huge man just because he's a nice person
0: and he's good with kids and i assume this is like eric schmidt or i don't even know he didn't even elaborate steven google mr google was like hey come to my thing so there you go he should flex on that more often he should brag about that
2: all the time
0: i think there are too many good stories about (laughs) (laughs) like he forgot
2: about this like oh i'm going on ellen i need to share a better story that people don't know oh pre-ipo google good okay (laughs)
0: All right. Number two. um, I'm going to go a little deep into this one because I'm sure you know the uh, larger details. But Shaq is very invested in his job as law enforcement.
1: Mm, I am aware.
0: So there's a lot. I'm just going to run through a lot of these. (laughs) So he went through the L.A. County Reserve Academy and became a reserve officer for the L.A. Port Police. Um, In 2005, he was given a honorary U.S. Deputy Marshal title, and it was the spokesman of the Safe Surfin Foundation. The Safe Surfing Foundation? <laughs> well, I mean, it was a task force to track down sexual predators who target chill- children on the internet.
1: I thought this but- was going to be about shark awareness in the waters. <laughs> it's that is not incredibly it's not a good name. That is all... Is it Safe Surfing with an apostrophe after the end? Yes. Oh my... god, that- What are you doing? It hides can- the fact that you're talking about sexual predators. You can't give sexual predator awareness a cool name. That's not... No! Make it very apparent!
0: <laughs> oh, um <laughs> <laughs> Can't do that. All right. Um. In two thousand, <laughs> in September 2006, Shaq took part in a raid on a home in Virginia. He was made an honorary deputy by the local sheriff's department. Uh, but here's the thing, Mike. Shaq was not qualified as a SWAT officer. Shouldn't have been
1: there. <laughs> oh, I mean, I would like to think that as a seven foot two person, he could get above the qualifications. Yeah. Just like, by oh, saying, look at me. <laughs>
0: imagine you're doing something terrible in your house. Like you're running a drug ring and then Shaq kicks in your door. What? What do you do? You're just like, I'm sorry. Breaking Bad looked fun. Please don't tackle me. Sign my shoes. Uh, Then Shaq got traded to Miami and he worked on becoming a reserve officer for the Miami Beach area. So after he was sworn in, Shaq witnessed a hate crime where a man assaulted another man while he was screaming out homophobic slurs. Then he called the Miami Dade police described the subject, helped the police with his cell phone track down the offender because they tracked his phone. What he did resulted in the arrest of two suspects, aggravated battery assault, and a hate crime. So Shaq stopped a crime! I love it! That's amazing! He's also a sheriff's deputy in Georgia uh, in 2016, and now he is a deputy in Florida because of the Broward Sheriff's Department, uh, which was March 2019. He's an auxiliary deputy. It's more of a volunteer position, but they can arrest people. That's great. So Shaq, all over the place in terms of law enforcement. Only good cop is Shaq.
1: Mm -hmm. Yep, there it is. That's official.
0: All right, and this is related to what you were talking about before. Shaq's number one side job is being a franchisee. So this is why he was on Yahoo Finance, probably. Mm Because Shaq has invested a lot of money into large companies and then invest in their franchises. Right. So here's just a list of things that Shaq owns. At one point, Shaq owned 155 Five Guys restaurants. That is 10% of the company's franchise portfolio wow. Shaq owns 10% of five guys
1: does that make him uh, I guess you'd have to get up to 20% to be one of the guys <laughs> I hate you <laughs>
0: I'm shutting down this podcast uh he also owns 17 auntie Ann's so the pretzels or did you did you just call it
1: auntie Ann's auntie Ann's Auntie Anne's?
0: I don't know how to say it with a, Anne's. Like, and, but I
1: don't like how it sounds the same. <laughs> well, so auntie, auntie Anne's just makes it sound way too fancy. We sell
2: crumpets in the auntie, airport. Come to Auntie Anne's in your local
1: mall. We'll give you pretzels topped with cheese and bacon. <laughs> at Aunt Auntie is a, Anne's. It isn't a hot dog, but it's wrapped in a pretzel. I always imagined it was Auntie Anne because that's how they pronounce it in The Wizard of Oz, where they say Auntie Anne, Auntie Anne. It's a twister.
0: I mean, that's probably why it is. Mm-hmm. I, you're right. <laughs> I said a silly thing. Here we are. On to on. Shaq also owns a Krispy Kreme uh, in Atlanta nice. and he owns a Cityplex 12 movie theater in his hometown of Newark, New Jersey. you know Shaq was from Newark?
1: Mm-hmm. I didn't
0: know that. That's awesome.
1: Dude, we got a long list of people that are from New Jersey that went on to do good things. It's great. Frank Sinatra, Queen Latifah, Shaq, Bruce, Bruce, Bon Jovi. That's it. That's it. No, there's a lot. There's a lot of people like, oh, Derek Jeter. Yeah.
0: Shaq also is on the board of directors of Papa John's. but Fuck Papa John's. But like, I'll give it to him about turning the
1: thing around like it's an opportunity. That's fine. If Papa John's completely rebrands and becomes a Shaq centered pizza delivery service, (laughs) it's a win for the world. I
0: mean, he invested at nine in Atlanta. So maybe those are going to be Shaq centric. And he's also getting paid $8.25
1: million to be the brand ambassador for three years. If the barbecue chicken pizza is not shack themed yet get the fuck on is that
0: it <laughs> the chickens in the f- in shack's face just call it the jack's barbecue sh- chicken yes because he always
1: yeah. is doing barbecue chicken alerts that's very good which for no unaware, is uh when people in the post get their fill of points it's them getting barbecue chicken
0: oh mm-hmm. i just thought he just really liked barbecue chicken
1: i think that's the inspiration behind him saying it but when he says someone is doing well they are on. They are on barbecue chicken alert. That's fair.
0: Uh, and then finally, he owns forty twenty-four hour fitness gyms and one hundred fifty car washes. So he's franchising all over the place.
1: That's nine hundred sixty hours of fitness.
0: <laughs> I'm glad you did the mental math for that one together. It's good. <laughs> So, oh, wait, that's not the right math at all. <laughs> hey, kids at home, if you if you multiply 24 hours of fitness by 40 gym, Shaq
1: owns. Oh, no, it is 960. I was right. Yay, <laughs> math. Woo, I was scared.
0: All right, now this comes to my second half. So I wanted to figure out what Shaq is doing with his money. Mm-hmm. And the best way to figure that out is to look at the seminal classic MTV Crips. Oh. oh. So the other half are the three best moments of Shaq's
1: episode of MTV Cribs. What year did this take place in?
0: So this is part of the mystique of why I had to pair this with something else. So Viacom, which owns MTV, has a really tight lockdown in MTV Cribs. It is very difficult to find. They shut down all the YouTube channels that have, like, pushed it up. They only release it so, like, when Missy Elliott just came back into the public consciousness mm-hmm. because of the video Get Vanguard Award from VMAs. They brought back her MTV crib segment. Oh. But old, but they have a very tight lock on it. I can triangulate this for you.
1: Okay. Before you triangulate, I just want to say for all of those shows that were really old and funny We're not going to buy the DVDs or whatever. So just let Pimp My Ride be on YouTube, please. (laughs) Just let all the, let Next be on YouTube. Next. Oh my God. I would, (laughs) I need to watch Next. Next is
0: my favorite thing because the people who walk out, walk down, say the wildest shit of
1: all time. I have always wanted to do some sort of Next themed thing. I tried to get a Next themed improv show picked up for Del Close Marathon, and they rejected it, and I was viscerally offended.
0: Hey, what's up? My name's Brandon. I'm 21 years old,
1: and I've never ate a fruit. And then the the, the little Chiron comes up, and it says that, but then it's also like, in his free time, Brandon turns grass clippings into stick figures.
0: And then they always say something wild about the person, like, hey, if this girl has more than two boobs, still be down. It's always like wildly sexual that you should not be able to say on MTV. The point is I can triangulate I can triangulate when this happened. Mm-hmm. So I think Shaq was in LA because he looked pretty young. He did talk about his championship rings. He also was married to his wife at the time, Shawnee, who is now the executive producer of Basketball Wives. I don't know if you know. Oh who. wow. Cool, cool, cool. So they were they split in twenty eleven and they married and were together. Uh, like in the early 2000s mm-hmm. specifically. So I want to say it was when he was on the Lakers. Okay. Part of the reason why I want to share is that I only found this because I had to watch some janky ass man's reaction video uh, to this thing because Viacom's like, I don't even want to watch this. So he's hiding in this guy's like just screaming at this MTV Cribs episode because, and Viacom hasn't shut him down because he sucks.
1: It, N- I'm not even going to give the link because he sucks so much. It genuinely upsets me how popular reaction videos are. I don't understand who would wanna watch them. I'm sure that 40% of their views are people clicking on it thinking they're seeing the actual video and they immediately leave. I think podcasts should start reaction videos and you could play it while you're watching the thing. Hey, welcome to Milk. It's me listening to serial episodes and then talk about it. Oh, it's fucking so Mike, dumb. what's upsetting is that's a very
0: good idea. <laughs> <laughs> TM, 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 TM. Okay, here's the point. I braved the wild of this reaction video and I came up my, with my three favorite moments. And they all happen, like, within the first two minutes, oh, which I thank love. thank God. Thank God. All right. So this first one is about strawberries. So Shaq walks up to his cigar bar where his then wife, where Shawnee is hanging out. And he, the whole time he's making direct eye contact with the camera, good, which I love. Good, good. So he says, you can see my lovely wife is next to the strawberries. That's her favorite fruit. And he's, like, wagging his eyebrows the whole time. And there's just a giant platter of strawberries and a chocolate fountain in his cigar room. Cribs incredibly staged, but even this was a little much. So with a giant platter where the strawberries are like arranged very nicely all around the platter and just like a chocolate fountain hanging out. So he's being all suggestive about it. Also, there's this random dude seeing <laughs> the cigar bar as he in MTV Cribs, just like getting at background people. So like he's being suggestive <laughs> about his wife <laughs> while they're just like
2: it's like, hey, my friends are here. Also, like my wife and I love strawberries and chocolate. <laughs> uh, I love MTV Cribs. I love Shaq. I love chocolate fountains. Directly after this number
0: two moment. So from there, Shawnee says, oh, where are you taking them next? And Shaq says, to the bedrooms. And then makes direct eye contact with the camera. Very good. (laughs) And then his wife says, lovely things happen there or they don't. And then Shaq takes out handcuffs that he's had planted on him the entire time. And he says, of course they do. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, you are such a showman. You are walking around with just handcuffs in your pocket. Beautiful. Great prop work.
1: I'm ready to make this joke at the drop of a dime.
2: <laughs> I'm going to set this up because this is me and I have control over the production.
1: Oh, it's so good. Shaq is a national treasure. He's
2: he's so funny. All right. So then finally, number one, he shows
0: them the kids' rooms. All the kids are around him and they're all jumping on over because Shaq is also a good parent mm-hmm.
2: and they're going over to the master bedroom and Shaq's like, oh, yeah, like I have the smallest bed. I let the kids jump on the bed because it's so small. Oh, it's so small. Huh. Go
0: in. And Shaq has a 30 foot by 15 foot circular bed, which is has a black bed spread with a silver Superman logo on it. So we took a math break and Mike is going to demonstrate why
1: this bed is so huge. OK, so we've gone first with a California King, which is already larger than a regular king size bed. A California King is seven feet by six feet, seven feet long, six feet wide. That gives you an area of 42 square feet. It's a lot of bed. It's a lot of bed. Now, Shaq's 15 foot by 30 foot oval bed, if you use the area of an oval equation, (laughs) which is radius one times radius two times pi, that is 353.25 square feet. That's a lot of bed, Mike. If you take that and compare it to the California King area... Shaq's bed is 8.41 times the size of a California King bed. Now, you could argue that Shaq is much larger than people, but that's absurd. <laughs> I just, the wild thing about is is you're watching
0: Shaq play with his kids. They're jumping all over him, they're jumping on the bed, he throws himself on the bed and everything. So it's wild because Shaq looks like a regular person on this giant bed. Dog, how do you wash those sheets? What do you do? Well, <laughs> it is MTV Crib, so they did not get into it, but I can assume he pays somebody. That's wild. My favorite quote was, of course, Shaq looking down the barrel of the camera. He says, I have room to make it bigger. Do not challenge my
1: bed. <laughs> So I was like, I'll do it. I'll make a bigger bed. I'll do it. I think you need to put a regular size human everywhere for scale <laughs> so you can understand the gravity of the situation. This also reminds me of a Reddit thread recently where someone asked, does Shaq poop at work in regular toilets or does he have to save it for when he's at home and can be on a Shaq size toilet? Like if he's at the Turner offices sure. doing NBA and TNT and he's talking about stuff and then bowels go, he's got a dump like does he fit? I don't think Shaq would have a enjoyable experience on a human regular toilet.
0: Let me say two things. One, I think most toilets are too small for most people. Yes, exactly. So first of all, I would say yes. Yeah. The second thing I would say is that at Turner, where mm. he works with Charles Barkley.
1: <laughs> and Kevin Garnett and sometimes. Kevin Garnett
0: comes over and they're like, hey, where's the big man's toilet? There's 100% yeah. a, <laughs> a NBA player's toilet. There's a... Kenny the Jet is not allowed to use it. <laughs> it's the
1: prefix bathroom, yeah. but for the NBA, yeah. and you have to be over six eight to use it.
0: You have to you have to have averaged at least eight rebounds a game for your career in order to use this toilet.
1: You have to have certain All NBA team career stats it's true. <laughs> to use the prefix bathroom.
0: So Shaq is a marvel. I had to use all of it. So three best Shaq side jobs, three best moments from MTV Cribs of Shaq. It is my ultimate goal at one point to do an NBA players cribs. Uh Um, MTV needs to release it first. Right, like we can't do it. it. I like you can't. There are like some really janky sites where you can watch the Carmelo Anthony one, but like there aren't enough for me to watch at least ten videos and narrow it down to six.
1: Yes, I Viacom, please, Bill Viacom, please release the copyrights on MTV cribs. Just that, I just stream it. You can still stream it and monetize it if you do. Yeah, just I don't. That's what's so ridiculous about all these people wanting to put stuff. Look at late night television. They take their show that already exists. They put all of the good stuff on YouTube and then they just put ads on it and then they get free money. Yeah. You're not losing out. Just
2: come
0: on. You are. You like own it. Like you don't even have to do more. They're also thinking about bringing back MTV Cribs. So I hope that when the new ones come out, they'll start to make the old ones streaming. Because there's just so many. Wait,
1: they're bringing back MTV Cribs? Yes, that is my understanding. Oh,
0: Which I'm also excited about, but I want to see the ones from like the early 2000s.
1: Anyway, basketball.
0: <laughs> this is a basketball podcast, and we're talking to Amir.
1: <laughs> right. Yes, for the next segment, I got the chance to chat with Amir Blumenfeld about his Laker fandom. And we will cut to that interview now to be That Actually Happened. I talked to a funny person that also likes basketball. That Actually Happened. <laughs> that
0: Actually Happened.
1: For this special edition of That Actually Happened, we're going to bring in someone to represent a fandom that Eric has made fun of, that I have poked fun at, that some people love and some people hate. It's the Los Angeles Lakers. So to represent this storied franchise, I've gotten on the line here with Amir Blumenfeld, who is the host of Buckets over at the HeadGum Network. Amir, how's it going? Good. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming on. No doubt. You've told me that you're a Lakers fan and you live in LA. Do you want to give me a little bit of a history about how that came to be, how you started rooting for them, the whole origins.
3: Okay, so born in Israel, moved to L.A. when I was two. Okay. Started watching basketball around like 1991. I'm nine years old. My brother's telling me about Magic versus MJ. I'm like, oh, this seems cool. Then... Kobe and Shaq come in 96. I'm 13 years old, which is like, you know, the the height of any fandom is like when you're just like a prepubescent teenager, as I was at age 12.
1: You've got nothing else to do except learn every exactly. piece of information about every player on your favorite team.
3: 13. I'm reading the LA Times every morning, just digesting box scores, playing NBA <laughs> Jam when I get home from school, just like cramming my brain with like in NBA inside stuff and NBA VHS tapes. And then by the time the Lakers won their first title that I can remember in 2000, I'm an 18-year-old. I'm like, wow, that was a long five-year journey. But I made it, fam. I'm at the parade. (laughs) I'm loving life. Uh, And then, you know, for the last 20 years, it's just been Laker fandom for me.
1: So the Lakers back then, we knew, had their glory with the Kobe, the Shaq era, obviously Showtime back in the day. The current era is interesting because you had LeBron, and this past season was... Not necessarily a huge success, but you've acquired Anthony Davis. You did not get Kawhi Leonard as you had hoped and dreamed. How are you feeling in the current landscape of the Lakers?
3: I'm optimistic. I mean, it's more exciting. Like, you got to realize we're coming off six years of pretty terrible basketball. So it's almost like the longest equivalent of like being a Browns fan for a Lakers fan is like five years of not making the playoffs. And it's Uh. like, Jesus, I don't know how we made it through that dry spell <laughs> while every other basketball team is, like, rolling their eyes or telling us to fuck off. But I will say that I didn't realize how much Laker hate there was out there until LeBron joined the team. Even LeBron fans were like, I don't want to fucking root for the Lakers. So now that he's on the Lakers and the way he does business and the Anthony Davis thing, and, like, <laughs> nobody wanted Kawhi to come to the Lakers. <laughs> All, it was like Laker fans versus everybody, and they were like, Twitter was just fucking so pissed at like rumors and conjecture and people, insiders saying that Kawhi was coming to the Lakers. The hater rate is ramped up to 11. It's like we want you to win one championship but anything over than that is overkill and we hate you as a fan base.
1: That's why everyone loves the 2011 Mavs because they won that one time and beat LeBron and then that's it and then they weren't good again.
3: (laughs) Yes, exactly. Or the Raptors this year. It's like good, you won a championship. Congratulations. We're happy for your fan base. You booed Kevin Durant. That was not good Mm -mm. but luckily you won't win win again so we're (laughs) we're fine with you.
1: So a fun thing that happened recently in between us scheduling this and recording this is that Dwight Howard has made his glorious return to the Lakers franchise. We're back, fam. (laughs) In case anyone listening isn't aware, do you just want to give us a peek into what that was like where you had Kobe, Steve Nash, and Dwight Howard all on the same team, and it was such promise of success. And then it was so bad
3: yeah it was after the lakers two titles in 09 and 10 and then we lost in 11 and we're like oh we're starting to get old we're starting to realize that kobe is like past his prime we're gonna have to retool the lakers traded a bunch of picks for steve nash i remember i was at a fourth of july party and i was like holy shit we have steve nash and kobe and Powell, and then traded andrew bynum and a bunch of other pieces for dwight howard who was you know top Two centers in the NBA, like top ten player in the NBA. Easily. Eight time All-Star defensive player of the year. Like, holy shit, like Kobe and Shaq are back together again. Plus we have Steve Nash at this point. So it's like we have one of the best point guards that has played for the Lakers since Magic Johnson. We have Dwight Howard and oh yeah, we have a two time like championship pedigree in Kobe and Powell already mm-hmm. in LA. So, you know, the expectations were like, can we go 73 and 9? Is like 72 and 10 in play? Is like, who's going to ever beat this team? And then Steve Nash got hurt. Dwight and Kobe couldn't get along. It was just a classic case of super team falling apart, but not in a way that we then put it back together. It was like, all right, one year of Dwight and. He was a free agent, kind of reminiscent of the Anthony Davis thing right now, where it's like, yeah, he's he he got traded to the Lakers with a year left on his contract, but don't worry, like we'll re-sign him. He's gonna see the culture in LA and he's gonna want to stay. Dwight did not
1: stay. He left for Houston. <laughs> he did, he did. Yeah, it was the first instance of super team. It was post the big three in Boston, but that one came together more naturally. This was one where I remember at the time people being angry, people legitimately wondering, Will the Lakers ever lose a game?
3: Which is weird because because it happened after the Miami Big Three. Like, Miami had already... I think they were coming off a championship that year. So, like, I don't know why oh, they thought yeah, Miami yeah. was... They formed their super team and won a championship. And then everyone's like, now nah, they're fine. Fuck the Lakers. So we're like, whoa, that we're, is, we were that pretty bad that the That is strange that the,
1: that the Lakers one would have gotten... More hatred, even because first it happened after the the Heat super team thing. But the Lakers one that was all with trades, which is abiding by the rules.
3: After another trade of ours for Chris Paul got vetoed by the NBA, which is like some weird case of karmic revenge. Basketball. Everybody then the NBA was like, it's not fair, and then the the commissioner actually vetoed the trade, and everyone's like, see, (laughs) what's going on here, like. The actual league itself is against the Lakers getting better? I didn't quite understand that as a Laker fan.
1: Yeah, we'll have to do on-horse a segment about that because that's one of the wildest moments in NBA history that that didn't take place with the league-owned Hornets and all that. What a ridiculous situation. So Dwight's back. How do you feel about that?
3: I'm more cautiously optimistic than a bunch of other Laker fans out there who are just like— you know, the gamut ranges all the way from he's going to poison the team regardless of even if, even if he gets cut in training camp. This is a terrible <laughs> idea. And then I'm like, uh, I'm somewhere in the middle where I'm like, okay, it's it's not just low risk, high reward. It's like zero risk. You could cut him and not pay him until December? Yes, let's see if he's willing to just set screens and get offensive rebounds before we just cast this guy away. I don't know. I, I feel like Laker fans have gotten a little bit too attached to the notion that in the Kobe versus Dwight feud, that Dwight was, you know, the bad guy. Kobe was the good guy. Then Dwight got bounced around and Laker fans reveled in that. Now he's back on the team and we just can't wrap our heads around rooting for this guy again.
1: And the other thing that you have to think of is what's the alternative? It's Joe Kim (laughs) Noah. The fact that you were trying out Maurice Spates, a player who's been retired for two years, right? That's not a good sign. Yes,
3: that's better. That's better because he's (laughs) not Dwight Howard. The thing is, like, no one's going to say that Dwight's not a good player. Like. Even on Charlotte two years ago, he was averaging like 17 and 12. Like he was top five in the NBA in offensive rebounds in the last like three years. No one is disputing his numbers. They're just saying every teammate hates him. Okay, but as a fan, I don't have to play with him. So I'm not too worried about how annoying he is unless it affects the on-court product. That's the question. Will it affect the on-court product or will it be like, yeah, if Dwight's your sixth best player, that's a pretty good place to be.
1: On a happier note, you do have Anthony Davis on the team and he'll get to play with you this season. How do you feel about it? How was that whole series and saga for you with trying to trade everyone and Rich Paul getting in the mix and now you finally got him? How's that?
3: Yeah, I never quite understood the whole midseason request because there was no way the Pelicans would find out that Anthony Davis wanted to go to the Lakers and then trade him there within like two weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, So I thought that was a very messy Situation, but the fact that we got it done at all is incredibly exciting. Uh, I love the backlash already from like the Simmons type folks of like, Lakers paid so much for Anthony Davis. Oh, they overpaid him a dollar fifty on the dollar. Like, look at all the pieces they gave. It's like, sorry, you were the ones making fun of us three months ago because we said we would trade Lonzo Ingram and Kuzma for anthony davis and it's like the pelicans don't want your shitty players and then the deal gets done it's like how could you trade all those potential all-stars and a draft pick at draft swap in 2027 you fucking morons It's like okay which one is it does our team suck or do you think anthony davis is worth it because you can't have it both ways right i think we did pay a lot but that's what you have to pay for an MVP candidate. I found this article about his like best games. This is like when he was twenty three, twenty four, Giannis's age. He had a fifty nine point twenty rebound game on the road. Very like casual. That's insane. That You call it a, quote-unquote, historic haul, which lasted for about a week and a half until the Clippers traded more for Paul George, but nobody gave them grief, whatever. Not mad at it.
1: Um, (laughs) Right, and I think it made sense for both teams. I think for the Lakers it makes sense because you have LeBron on the team, and I know that people complain that this happens where teams mortgage their future in order to be good at the present when you have lebron on your team but that's just a smart strategy
3: yeah you get lebron and the timeline changes drastically especially in his 17th season like right i would have been happy to watch lonzo ingram and kuz and josh hart play together because i like those kids like i'm still rooting for them but i understand the rationale uh behind trading three of those four players for Anthony fucking Davis, yeah, definitely.
1: And pairing Anthony Davis with LeBron, how yes. has it been an experience of having LeBron on the team?
3: So I was always a LeBron fan, even compared to like my LA friends who were like, "Fuck LeBron, Kobe's He's the man." He's not Kobe. they yeah. like, yeah. So like even like in 2010 when he went to Miami, I'm like, LeBron's great. And then when he went back to Cleveland, everybody got on board. Everybody was rooting for LeBron. He was like one of the most likable players because he was busy trying to do what we all wanted to do, which was to beat the Warriors. He did it once, and we're like, okay, this guy's a fucking hero. And then, like, politically, the fact that he's, like, openly campaigning for Hillary against Trump, I'm like, no other athlete is being this open, and no other athlete has more to lose than LeBron. Like, he's doing the most courageous thing, and, like, he's the only one doing it. So I love LeBron personally, emotionally, and the fact that he's on the Lakers is a really crazy thing that I could be rooting for LeBron and the Lakers at the same time.
1: That's a good feeling to have someone that you like and then join the team. And he's such a large proponent of Taco Tuesdays, which really has swept social media by storm this offseason. Has your opinion on Taco Tuesdays ramped up increasingly since LeBron has become such a champion for the event?
3: I'm big into Taco Tuesday. Uh, a lot of my friends, again, Laker haters, think it's embarrassing. They think it's stupid. They think it's corny. I'm all in on Taco Tuesday. The more Taco Tuesday jokes, the better. It's Tuesday today as we record this. So oh, I'm baby. I'm looking forward to checking out his Instagram account.
1: I, I love that LeBron has gone full dad on Instagram. Like, I love that he he's full just dad, fully yeah. embraced making dad jokes, being a dad, showing up at his kids' games, being ridiculous. I love it. I don't get why anyone would hate it. It's pure joy. And I think it's fantastic.
3: Yeah, I bet if he was on Cleveland, he'd get a lot less haters for Taco Tuesday. Ah, that is very true.
1: I think that's just part of the Lakers franchise. People want to see you fail. People want to to hate on you and they hope things blow up in your face.
3: What's the public opinion on Laker fans? Because as a Laker insider, you know, it's hard for me to say, but you know, like I know Sixers fans are annoying and Celtics fans are you know, borderline racist. So <laughs> what's the uh what's the what's the public stereotype of a Laker fan? I
1: think my understanding of it is that it's very fair weather. Lakers fans are, are very loud when the team is good and then more quiet when the team is not good. Which is normal and natural. But yeah. I think that it it, it seems to be very like exceedingly high whereas i think people will have made claims that lakers fans rooted for the clippers and slash or the warriors in these past five to ten years while the lakers haven't been that phenomenal
3: so i can i can dispel that rumor right now oh please do please do i don't know a single laker fan that became a clipper fan in the last six years the way clippers got fans is because of all the new transplants to la Ah. uh between like 2010 and 2019 if you move to la You are not joining the Laker fans because one, they weren't that good. And two, nobody wants to be like the front runner, you know, rooting for the Yankees. So -hmm. they're like, oh, let's choose the scrappy underdog. Then Lob City came. It's like, oh, not only they're scrappy, but they're entertaining. They're fun. They're better than the Lakers. So most of the Clipper fans, and there are not that many, (laughs) became Clipper (laughs) fans in the last 10 years. Also, like, once Steve Ballmer left, it was a lot more um, emotionally available to root for the Clippers than supporting that terrible person
1: i think also people's perception is i don't know do you do you consider kobe to be the greatest of all time no okay i think you're a rational human i think a problem is that a lot of kobe stands if you will try to put him in the same conversation of jordan versus lebron
3: yeah i definitely like kobe more than the average nba fan but i like him less than the quote-unquote kobe stands i will say that probably the greatest laker of all time because how how long he was excellent there and how many titles he brought you can make a case for jerry west and magic johnson and maybe it's because i didn't see jerry west and magic johnson play not the greatest player to ever play on the lakers because that's probably lebron but just the greatest laker in my eye is kobe
1: so you you mentioned Magic Johnson. With him running the team and then now not running the team so that he can tweet and stuff, what was that like to see a beloved member of the franchise go into a front office position with that same franchise and then be so laughably bad at it?
3: Yeah, I guess it's interesting that people just assume basketball is like a generalized skill set where it's like if you're a great player, you're a great GM. You'd be a great coach. You'd be a great trainer. Where, you know, there's a reason there are different parts of the job, like the fact that Doc is a great coach, but not a GM. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Like, you can know how to build a team, but you don't necessarily know how to speak to players. And if you know how to speak to players it doesn't mean you necessarily know how to play the game. The thing with the Lakers is that they like to keep everything very insular and within the family, so it's run by a family. If you were a great player in the 80s, you're in the organization, and then, like, who is a greater player than Magic Johnson? The thinking was, oh, if he was that good of a player and he was a coach and we want to keep it in the family, let's make him the president of basketball operations. (laughs) I'm sure he knows about basketball. But as you see, even with, like, Phil Jackson, the game changes and evolves so much that Over time, the basketball that you knew and knew how to play so well in the 80s is kind of a completely different game than it is in 2019, and that showed itself in a very bad way. Fortunately, (laughs) what Magic did do well is dismiss himself. Uh, (laughs) That is nice. He didn't stick around. Yeah, the only way Magic was ever going to get fired is if he fired himself, and you know what? He did. So uh, I'm excited to see which part of the Magic and Rob responsibility pie chart uh, comes to light over the next year? Because if they start turning things around, you can make a claim that, like, oh, maybe it was uh, a lot of Magic decisions that submarined last year and not a right. Rob Palenka decisions. Now we're going to have some sort of sample size to compare the two years. Okay, we did get better shooting this year, so maybe Magic's <laughs> idea of just, like, putting tough players around LeBron wasn't the great idea. But Rob's plan is to surround LeBron and AD with shooters, so maybe he's a little bit smarter than Magic was in that regard. So I think we'll find out more in the next year or two how Definitely. much of that blame rested on Magic's shoulders versus Magic and Rob together.
1: Yeah, Rob also has the distinct advantage of looking back at last year and saying, ah, let's not do what I did last year again.
3: Yeah, and if LeBron can stay healthy, uh, then that would also be good.
1: (laughs) Two key elements. We now have Anthony Davis on the team, and hopefully LeBron does not get hurt. I think signs are pointing upward.
3: I mean, you gotta look at, like, the Lakers uh, played pretty well when LeBron was healthy, and Mm -hmm. no Anthony Davis. This year, the LeBron and AD, borderline took last year off. Like, they combined for 100 games. If they are healthy this year, uh, I think I'm very optimistic about the Lakers' chances of not only making the playoffs, but going around or too deep into it.
1: Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun to see. I do think it's funny that basketball is the one sport where you can get promoted or given a very high front office position with not really any sort of background experience on that. It'd be like if Joey Chestnut was put in charge of, like, making the hot dogs at Nathan's. They're like, you're really good at eating them, so now you're going to be our CFO. Yeah, I think
3: Donald Trump really just blew the lid off of any sort of job experience necessary (laughs) to do anything. It's like, you're a reality TV show host. How'd you like to run America? I think you do that pretend
1: like... deals on television, you'll be great at <laughs> negotiating internationally.
3: All right. The fact that that happened means like the Magic Johnson becoming president of basketball operations feels a lot more doable.
1: Oh, man. Well, we'll have to see how it shakes out. And uh, I'm I'm hoping things end up working out well. I would like to see you guys kind of take it take it by storm. I would love just to see the two L.A. teams both be very good at the same time. And I think it's very compelling to have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard versus LeBron and A.D. I think the season will be really fun and hopefully for the next few to come. And then in six years when both the L.A. teams are garbage because neither of them have draft picks, it'll be really interesting.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I can't wait. I hope we're the team that lasts for longer than a year. Because like after all the
1: Clippers did, they also only got Kawhi and Paul George for two seasons. Like, which very is ridiculous. superstars. Yeah, that yeah that could age incredibly poorly if they don't end up holding on to those guys. So we'll have to see. But Amir, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for uh, talking about the Laker fandom, defending it against co-host Eric, who's conveniently unavailable for this Laker-centric interview. I oh wonder if God. that was a. Co- <laughs> Coincidence of any sort. He's ducking me. He's
3: like <laughs> Paul Pierce in a wheelchair. Get him off the court. Get him onto a toilet. This guy's only seen one Celtic championship in his lifetime and he wants to come at me.
1: Have me back on. Oh, to I love myself. You will do it. Yeah, it'll be great. We'd, be, we'd love to. Uh, and then if people want to listen to you on Buckets, you want to give a little uh, spiel about that and what they can expect from that show?
3: Yeah, I guess it's kind of similar to this show. It's like an NBA fan show mm-hmm. uh, by fans. We're not, you know, experts. We're just, I'm talking to my funny friends, uh, like Ben Schwartz, Adam Lustig, um, Billy Scafuri, uh, a bunch of funny friends of mine talking about the sport we love. Uh, not necessarily dissecting X's and O's, but talking about who's the best player at every height who (laughs) we have an over-under draft uh, at the beginning of every season to decide who's going to win some money based on Vegas projections. If you need even more NBA content in your ears, check out Buckets on the HeadGum Network, which is a podcast network that I started with my buddy Jake. Yeah. Uh, So there's hopefully something for everybody there.
1: Awesome. Well, thanks, man, so much for being on. We'd love to have you back to, to fight Eric to the death about Lakers versus Celtics. And if you ever need some people to talk about silly basketball things on Buckets, we're both happy to uh, come on through. Hell yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode of Horse. Horse is hosted by Eric Silver and Mike Schubert. It is edited and mixed by Eric Silver. The social media is run by Mike Schubert. The website is by Kelly Beckman. The art is by Allison Wakeman. And the music is by Bettina Campamanez.
0: Shout out to our producer-level patrons, Brian Wingate, Burger, Skylar Jorgensen, Gladiator Vader, Adam Hartwick, Ross Papa, Akano, Cody Powell, Salvatore Testa, Trust the Process, of Hillary, Samantha Rose, Polly Burge, and about. Uh, you know where that you can send us all of your favorite chat clips? i very always del- being very delicate about it.
1: You can mail me VHS tapes.
0: You can also find us on social media. Ah, <laughs> You can find us on social at Horse Hoops on Instagram and Facebook. You can find us at Horse underscore Hoops on Twitter because as we say every episode, it's because
1: Shaq didn't like him, so he got him blocked and banned. It's probably what happened. <laughs> Because Horse Hoops was was banned. banned. Did
0: you know that Shaq was the first verified user on Twitter?
1: I did know that. And one of my favorite things on Twitter, like 2009, where it says, someone asked me if I Twitter and I say, hell yeah, baby.
0: (laughs) I do Twitter. Hell yeah, baby. You can find us on our website as well at horsehoops.com, which has all of our research and the visual stuff you
1: didn't see because this is a podcast. And if you want some bonus content, like more ridiculous Shaq things, that's going to be on 5 on 5 you can check it out at patreon.com slash horsehoops there's a whole bunch of bonus extra goodness up on patreon.com slash you know who Shaq should invest in next Dominoes, so that all of the shitty pizza is run by Shaq
0: Actually, I'd like that a lot. But he should invest in Multitude. Because ah. Multitude is an audio collective of awesome people who like talking about awesome things. That is Join the Party, that is Horse, that is Potterless, that is Spirits, and that is Head, Hard, Gut, our new show on the Multi Crew. If you want to find out more about us, you can go to multitude.productions. You can find us on the internet at multitude shows, and you can join the Multi Crew at
1: Club. And as we end every episode, we're going to put our hands in the middle and say something on the count of three. I think it only makes sense that if Shaq is a 10% owner of Five Guys, that makes him happy. A guy. So I'm saying we say half a guy on three. Ha- half a shack. Half a shack on three. <laughs> three. One, One, two, two three. three. Half, half a shack. shack. Half a shack is still scary. That's still large. Half a shack is still. Four, That's four foot eight? That's
0: pretty good. <laughs> it's not bad. I want a really like a half the size of a shack would be like, do you want? Actually, is his voice higher? Oh, no,
1: it's still as deep. He's just a more palatable size of human to talk to. Would you like to eat some peanuts while you wait for your burger? Would you like some barbecue chicken as you wait for your barbecue chicken Papa John's pizza? Rename it Papa Shacks. Can we please? They should do that as just a, a stunt. Right. Do it as a promotional thing. Like if you want to get back in people's good graces, just lean into Shack. I don't think anyone except for Kobe Bryant is anti Shaq. Man, it- <laughs> has anyone ever said fuck Shaq ever?
0: <laughs> Only Kobe. <laughs> Man, if Shaq put in as much time into Papa John's as he did on
1: the basketball court, he would have 27 rings. Look, if Shaq put as much effort into Papa John's as I did into basketball, there'd be pizzas on every block. I wish he did it. I'd have 85 pizzas in my fridge right now. I have no one to share it with cause I have no friend. Right? God, there's so much more. Fuck Kobe.